Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Lorianne Rising. And I'm your other host, Uncle Mark Olmstead. Our guest today is a rare and magical unicorn. She's the <laughs> only female magician to have been named Up Close Magician of the Year by the Academy of Magical Arts. And they've been giving out the award for decades. You really said that, unicorn? I she's, did. She's, I uh, did. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. Okay. All right. Now, but, 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 but wait. But before we get started, though, okay. We want to share a little bit about what we're actually doing at this end and, and uh, a little behind the scenes. Okay, we're actually excited to be transforming our traditional stationary lifestyle into a more mobile one. Okay, that's the intention anyway. Okay, so right now, though, we're in the not so glamorous process of downsizing and getting something, uh, some things into storage. But uh, as we hit the road, we're going to be sharing our travels and more of our adventures in our fan club. So if you haven't yet checked out, the, uh, you know, all of the amazing things that we've added in our, our fan club now is a very good time to get connected up. So you can find out more about that at our website at riseandshineasone.com. Yeah. So today we are here with Suzanne the Magician. Audiences all over the country have been falling in love with Suzanne since 1985. She resides in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, and can be seen locally there at Birches on the Lake, Lord Fletcher's Old Lake Lodge, and Rockwoods. Her engaging style makes the audience an essential participant in her performance. Other respected professional magicians have called her flawless and amazing. She is a favorite at Hollywood's famous Magic Castle and was awarded the Close-Up Magician of the Year for 2010. She also appeared on the wildly popular CW show Penn and Teller Fool Us, and she fooled them. Her specialty is close-up magic for corporate and private events. Welcome, Welcome Suzanne. Suzanne. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. Well, we are excited uh, to have you. I know we've been uh, communicating for quite a while, so this is this pretty is... cool to be able to finally do this with you and, <clears throat> and get to know you a little bit better. And uh, Bridging the Oregon-Minnesota gap. It's yes. Been, <laughs> got a little bit of a distance there, and, and, it's, uh, and it's in the middle of, of massive humidity in your end, it sounds like. So. We, we, are, we are like 120% humidity. I'm uh, exaggerating. Oh, uh, probably sure feels like it. That. <laughs> oh, oh man. dear. Wow. So how did you get into being a magician? I mean, is that like what you always wanted to be when you were a kid or did you come no. a little later? No, I didn't get into magic until I was about 24. Um, wow. And so that tells you how old I am if you do the math. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're still 29, um, right? No, 29. Yes. Right. Yes, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So just a few uh-huh. years ago. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I um, uh, never really had any magic influence when I was growing up, uh, but I was way into puzzles and this uh, um, 
guy in the neighborhood, my dad's friend's son, taught me a I found out now it's a magic trick, but he presented it like a puzzle and I was just jazzed about it. Um, and then I kind of presented it as a puzzle and then I got into doing like bar tricks, like the gotcha kind of bar tricks. Mm -hmm. um, didn't do them in a bar though, because I was a kid. Um, but I did like to do those things and then I ended up being a computer programmer. So that's what I did until I met the guy who ended up being my mentor in magic. And then uh, I just ended up being good at it. So after about a year of training with him, I quit my job as a programmer and then just started doing magic. So you were actually getting paid gigs, uh, it sounds like. Yeah, after about way. three months, I started working at a couple restaurants in town. And you guys are in Oregon, right? So right, right. The Ground Round was the restaurant that I worked at. I think mm. that was a, an Eastern yes, restaurant. Yep. Uh -huh. Sort of kind of like uh, TGI Fridays, but actually more kid-friendly than TGI uh -huh. Fridays. But okay. I, got, I got gigs at a couple of those, so Friday and Saturday night. So I was working my, my programming job during the day, and then Friday and Saturday night I was doing the gigs. And the guy I was um, dating at the time... Uh, he's a musician. We ended up getting married in 86, but um, he was gigging Fridays and Saturday nights. So I thought, hey. perfect. You, you're, you can be down there keeping an eye on him. And, you know, <laughs> well, I wasn't gigging the same he's place. He's musicians. He you got to be careful about, you know, I, I've, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gigging the same place he, he was. He was gigging in oh, some oh. dive bar where the... <laughs> oh, dear. If I recall one time the lead singer got in a fight with somebody and got his ear bit off. So. Oh, no. So is that, so that kind of bar. The chain link fence between the, the oh, stage. No. Yeah, okay. Right, no. so you don't get hit by the bottle. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. No, I'm, oh. I'm glad I can't say I know that by experience. No, but, um, no. Yeah. I did see Blues Brothers, though. So, it's like, so that, that sounds like it was a pretty good fit, though, for you, you wow. both while you were in that stage. Everybody's gigging oh, on yeah. Fridays okay, and so, Saturdays. So and... the real question everybody wants to know, though, is who is making more money? <laughs> oh, wow. uh, well, ma magic makes a lot more money than being a musician. Mm. Okay. So uh, that's, know, that's where I went wrong. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Because being a musician, sometimes you got to pay to play. Well, and, and in so many ways, you just have no idea. <laughs> oh, she it's, probably right? does, actually. She's seen it. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. You would know. Right. Exactly. But I mean, uh, yeah, I get a lot more than than wow. he did but he switched over to being a software developer uh -huh. um, so now he's a computer programmer and i'm the entertainer <laughs> but he still does he still does write music and um uh if you go to my website which you guys will probably link to all the music mm -hmm. that's at the beginning of my videos is his oh cool um, oh, cool all right and he, he he plays a cool instrument called a chapman stick which if you've got uh musicians listening to your uh podcast which i'm sure that you have a lot of musicians do, listening they're gonna know what a chapman stick is so oh very okay cool. well now I'm, okay i'm one of the ones that don't though so i will get to look <laughs> that up now. all right good deal <laughs> time okay. to look it up yep well yeah, look up tony tony levin is the the guy who from the the bass player from king crimson is what he 
uh, okay. saw Tony Levin playing the Chapman stick and went, oh, I got to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. Very Getting more, cool. more research to do. So, well, so in terms of the, uh, the, the, the magician world, uh, when you're performing and you're going table to table and you're connecting with people one-on-one and got all those rapport skills going and stuff. Um, so what's, what's one of the most difficult tricks that you would, you would do in that, that scene? Oh, just, wow. Just for the most difficult one. Hmm. Or maybe that's, a, that's an interesting question because I actually, uh-huh. um, because I consider the kind of magic that I do, especially in restaurants and what's called strolling magic, where you're mingling with the, the crowd, I try to stay away from difficult. Ah. Because difficult can mess up, and then you have to have all these outs to be able to make it so it doesn't look like you messed up. Mm. So I try to not do difficult. I try to do the things that work. That would <laughs> that would make right? sense. That sounds I, smart. I actually wasn't trying to be funny there, but uh, <laughs> the, the more reliable, the, the reliable tricks. Yeah. The, yeah, the you want to have reliable things, and you want to have things that uh-huh. you don't have to think about the physical aspect of it, because really, magic isn't about the physical part as much as you would think it is. Magic is more about the the connect for me anyway the connection that i have with the audience and if i d- can devote um 85 percent of my energy to connecting and and um and uh following along almost making it look like ad-libbing and spend the rest of the energy on the how-to um then it's more enjoyable for everybody. Sometimes I fool myself because I forget where I am in the trick because my body just knows it. Oh, wow. And I might do something and I might go, whoa, how that Seriously. <laughs> oh, that's so So true. it really is magic at that point. <laughs> it, it is. And it makes it more entertaining for everybody else because if I like wipe a name off of a card and I go, whoa, where'd that go? But if my body knows yeah. it, that's what matters. You've got it wow. so so down that it's just unconscious at, and and it's invisible right, at the right. same well, time. Like when so. you play when you Yeah, exactly. So oh, like goodness. when you're playing a song that you've played for years and years and years, you could probably play it in your sleep mm-hmm. um, and not have to think about it much and then you can um, focus on stage presence and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how I like my magic so I actually try to stay away from the more difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so how long that does it take sense, you right? to master it at that level that you feel like, yeah. okay, I can take this to the crowd now. Like if you're learning a new one, um, do you call them tricks or do you call them something else in, that's, in the that's industry actually, question. by the way? <laughs> I, I call them tricks people who want to make it be bigger than it is might go, it's an illusion. (laughs) Um, Okay. But I don't need to do that. They're, they're tricks or effects or something like that. So how long does it take to master? It depends upon if I'm learning a new slight. Um, Do you want me to tell you what a slight is? Oh, sure. Yeah. What's the lingo? Because you're most of the, a, a slight is the, 
the secret part that I'm doing that makes it look like magic. So a slight or a move is the kind of the same thing. Um, and if it's a new move, then it might take me a while to learn the physical part of the new move. And that's just repetition, doing it over and over and over again, kind of like learning a jazz lick or something. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if it's something that I already know and it's just, and it's just a routine and it's just putting moves that I already know into a routine, then that hardly takes any time at all. That's just like, Oh yeah, that's kind of, kind of works together. Um, but if I've got to learn a new lick, let's say, then um, that, that could take a week or depending upon how hard the move is. Mm -hmm. Only a there week. are some moves wow. that I practice and practice and practice and never put them in. Oh, wow. Oh really? Because it just, it just doesn't, feel as confident yeah huh well it's kind of more the the amount of energy that it takes to do the move itself doesn't um it the effect the whole effect the whole magic trick that you get out of the move isn't worth Mm. the move mm -hmm. the so flow, if, right. if I was the kind of magician that was one trying to fool magicians then maybe I would want to work on a move that would be that hard but uh, it, it's like it's it's not necessary for what I'm trying to do and if I have to work that hard to do a move then I'm not focusing on my audience then Right. So is that, okay, so you mentioned fooling magicians, which you did on Penn and Teller. So did you, is that, that one of the ones that you had to work that hard on or? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that one was, that one was, it wasn't hard once I got it, but coming up with it, because I had to invent a new way to do that trick. Oh, wow. Um, uh, so I had been doing that particular trick for uh, uh, 15 years, maybe. Oh, wow. By the time I was tapped for the show. And um, so I was called by uh, one of the magic consultants for the show in January, and then we were filming it in April. So I had from January to April to learn a new, to, to develop a new version of it. Because he saw that trick and said, yeah, that, I'd like you to do that trick, but I think I know how you did it. So uh, you're not going to fool Penn and Teller with it. And he told me how he thought I did it, and he was half right. Mm. And they only need to be half right. Mm. Gotcha. They all they need to be able to say a part of what you did, and then you go, yeah, you got, you got it. Wow. Um, so I had to totally change it. So that took that took some that took some work. But I still do that trick the same way now that I fool pen and teller with instead of going back to the older, easier way. To do okay, it. and for our listeners, wow. that is on your website. Yeah, I've, I've watched that video that on, they on can, the They website. can actually see that trick and yeah. see what, you're, what, we're, what we're talking about here. Oh, and it is incredible. <laughs> You've got to go watch it. I, I've okay. seen it, and, and it just it blew me away. And, and the website? 
is um, just Sue's Sue's the magician, right? Or no? Sue'smagic.com. S U Z M A G I C.com. Sue's magic. Sue's magic. Oh, I, I've good. only been there like a hundred times in the past week. Yeah, so exactly. I, sorry, I blanked <laughs> oh, on you, that oh, one. You're the, oh, you're the one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm, I'm helping with the stats as much uh, as I hey, can. We're working at it. We're working at it. Yeah. Right, right now, there's not a whole lot of people looking for magicians. So, well, it's well yeah, with gigs shut down, crazy. But I know days. you you have mentioned some other things that you're doing during the day and how much that inspires you and even helps you work with people so i'm curious you know if you you know tell us a little bit more about how a magician spends her days when there's no gigs well a normal regular magician would be practicing magic and reading magic books and looking at magic videos but i'm i don't i don't live eat sleep magic i have a um a passion for horses and so um, I have a, a, a little six-year-old filly out at a farm that I board her and I've had her since she was one and I've trained her from the ground up and she's amazing and I teach her tricks she can she fetches and she what does she what fetch? She, I've got a little rubber chicken for her. Oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> and man. And so I'll throw the chicken and she'll go get it and bring it back. I want and... video. I want video. We got to see I'll, video. I'll, this. I'll this send good. you a video of it. I want a video of this. Oh, and um, oh, and uh, so I just, I love going and, and uh, communicating with her. And the neat thing, I got into horses um, probably in 2004, something like that. Mm. And um. BB is the one I have now. BB is my third horse. I sad, sadly lost the other two. I've only had one horse at a time, but um, mm. uh, I lost my first horse, Onyx. Um, he colicked and I had to put him down. And then I mm. lost my second horse, Hank. Um, I was teaching and performing at a magic convention in Texas um, over Labor Day weekend in 2000. 15, I think. And, um, uh, I got a call from the barn owner and you never want that no. call from a barn owner. No. And, uh, he had been struck by lightning. We had had some oh. horrible oh. Uh, lightning here over that Labor Day weekend. And, and I lost him. And while I oh. was still gone, I had another show after that one in Texas, I had another show in Colorado. Um, and um, I, I, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to come home. But the, they had already taken care of, Hank was my second horse. They'd already taken care of his body. So there was no, there. I wasn't going to be able to do anything if I came home. So I, I mean, went ahead and did the gig. But while I was gone, one of my riding buddies sent me a picture of Bibi and said, oh, you got to check out this little yearling. And I went to meet her at the farm after I got back. Mm. I was planning on looking at 10 different horses, but I walked into the, um, pa- I walked into the paddock with the, with the breeder and BB brought her head up and looked at me like, 
oh, I know you. (laughs) And she walked up and put her head right on my chest. And I thought, well, I'm supposed to look at 10 horses. So I said, what other ones do you have for sale? One, two, three, four, five. I looked at them. Oh, oh, that boy. is so sweet. That's so she awesome. chose you. That's she did. So she she absolutely did. And and we've been pals ever since. And oh, good for you. Um, good for her. Uh, so I've I've learned so much from her. And um, one of the cool things to marry uh, horse uh, horsemanship with magic. One of the things in the style of of horse training that I do with her um, is that um, I learn how to communicate with my audiences better by learning how to watch her and watch how she communicates and then applying that knowledge to my audience participants. Um, And for other entertainers out there, which I'm guessing there are a lot of entertainers out there, um, horses are prey animals, so their whole being is what's going to eat me, what's going right. to eat me, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. humans are predators, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? And so, horses are would be naturally afraid of us uh-huh. because mm-hmm. we're predators. So, if we approach the horse as a predator would approach a prey animal, they're going to be skittery. They're not going to trust you. They're not going to be around you, want to be around you. But if you can approach them as, um, as that you understand that they're prey and that you don't intentionally trigger their fear response, then the trust builds up so much. So I thought, what if I approached my audience participants Mm. as prey animals? Wow. Because, because let's say, let's say I invited you up on stage to, to come up and help me. One, you don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And you've probably <laughs> seen mean magicians who talk mean to people and make them feel stupid and, and try and, and sort of embarrass them intentionally. Because mm-hmm. it's funny. It's not funny. But they get a laugh from the audience. The audience is mm-hmm. laughing out of discomfort. At, at their expense. Yeah. At their expense. And yeah. I never want to be that kind of performer. I want to be someone Thank who is you. Very... Yeah. Seriously. I want to be very sensitive to, to my audience participants' um, uh, feelings and not do something that causes them to feel uncomfortable. I want them to like magic. Right, right. Um, wow. Well, well I, I, I am. I'm going to have to jump in. I love your approach. <clears throat> I love hearing about what you're doing and how unique it is. And I have to interrupt you because we have to take a short break. (laughs) (laughs) So, but we are going to come back and hear more. Um, Before we go, though, I want to let everybody know about an incredible book that I came across recently. So many of you know that I spent over a decade as a content development editor and an author coach working with professional speakers and trainers from all over the world. So needless to say, I've read a lot and I still read with a critical eye, which kind of makes reading for relaxing a little challenging, but I still love to read. So this book, though, that I came across recently 
really stands out to me. And she keeps called, talking about it. So I, I do. Like, I, I do. She's not just saying this. No, I, I really do. It's called okay. Secrets of the Kashmir Valley. And it's a book by a scholar, former counterterrorist agent, and recipient of several leadership and humanitarian awards. Uh, her name is Farhana Kazi. She traveled to Kashmir and interviewed women from all walks of life. Many people don't realize that Kashmir is a disputed region, which means it's actually under military occupation and is considered at war. So talking with these women actually didn't just include chatting with mothers and daughters, but included widows, prisoners, martyrs, fighters, activists, and more. So this book is really seeing Kashmir through the eyes of the women. So again, it's called Secrets of Kashmir Valley. You can learn more about it at farhanakazi.com. That's F as in Frank, A-R-H-A-N-A-Q-A-Z-I.com. And we did actually do a written interview with her. It's on our blog at riseandshineasone.com. So that's going to be there as well if you want to learn more about her. Incredible story, incredible woman to mm-hmm. have done this and um <clears throat> just a little note we'll uh we'll we would love to interview more people like her so <laughs> anyway we're, we're, that may be coming up we'll see but for now uh coming up after the break is a song of mine from the first cd star child this is this one's called land of aha stay tuned for that it's uh see if you can catch any references to the wizard of oz <laughs> and we'll see you in a minute changing world how can you protect the self-esteem confidence and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day even from a distance to learn more about uncle mark's best indie book award-winning kids book his music and resources to support families visit truesunbeam.com and if you're an author or musician with a similar mission learn how to be a guest on the rise and shine radio show visit uncle mark at truesunbeam.com Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Lorianne Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit LorianneRising.com. dreams come true a place where they don't make flaws our day-to-day life is our living proof we live in the land of our hearts storms may come and the strong winds blow and it's hard to see the good they cause but you'll understand when you finally land here in the land of our hearts this is the land this is the this is the land of our hearts. We're in the land, here in the land of our hearts. Don't be afraid to put on new shoes. 
guitars. You've got more power than you know how to use here in the land of our hearts. There's so much living in a life to do, just learning universal laws, becoming aware we can finally choose to live in the land of our Day was by giving my gifts all along the way, but not for what somebody else does. By finding out what this life is about and then getting out and making it known. There's no place like home, and no need to hide your heart away, and nothing needing camouflaged. A rainbow is shining on a brand new day right here in the land of our hearts. A moment's renewed with our gratitude, and all we ever need is a pause. We're free to abide by the love that's inside and to live in the land of our hearts. That was The Land of Ahas by our very own Uncle Mark Olmsted. You can find that song and more on his CD, Star Child, available at truesunbeam.com. And we're here today with Suzanne the Magician, talking about, well, of course, horses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the things that, that, what does a magician do during a pandemic, you know, the things you always wanted to know and, and, and really never had a chance until now, right here on Rise and Shine, we are the, yes, oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> so Suzanne, I am so stoked that you're a horse person that just says so much about, I'm going to quit hitting the table. All right. Yes, I will do that. Um, uh, that because horse people are just good people, excuse me, but you know, I, I grew up on with my Morgan Quarter nubbins, and uh, I, we had an, an Appaloosa mare and a little uh, Welsh pony DJ, sure. and we went uh, hunting and camping and stuff up in the hills with them, and, and I was the, the kid in 4-H that was always doing the, you know, the shows and, you know, down at the, at the, the fairgrounds. And that was, that was my life growing up. I, I was the horse kid. And then 
you know, was training dogs and all that stuff as well. So I am completely, completely with you on the, the value of the relationship that with a, with a horse and the, and the benefits. And I'm just fascinated to hear more about how you've related that to your audiences and, and your experience with that. Well, when, when, when I first started noticing um, the, the kind of training that I'm doing, which is called natural horsemanship, uh, um, kind of like Buck Brannigan did it, like Pat Pirelli does it, um, they all have sort of different feels, and who's the uh, um, Australian guy, um, Clinton Anderson, those, you'll probably recognize those names. Mm. Um, is that what the uh, horse whisperer was based on? That's yeah, the it? horse whisperer was based on Monty Roberts, I think. Okay. But but the idea is that you don't make the horse do something. You suggest that the horse does something. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I do with my audiences is I suggest. And um, so what I realize when I'm training is that if I ask Bibi, to do something and she doesn't do it or she does it backwards or she does it incorrectly, but she's trying Mm. and, but she's not really doing what I'm asking. I can't blame her for that. I have to blame me for, I don't like the word blame, Mm. but because that has a negative connotation to it. But, um, but what is the reason that she's not understanding it? It's not because of her it's because i was not clear enough and so if a magician asks an audience participant to do something and they don't do it the way that you ask them to do it all that means is that you're not asking clear mm-hmm. you're not at, you're not being clear enough mm-hmm. so you have to figure out okay what are the pitfalls where where are they doing something incorrectly like um, I have a trick where I have somebody write their name on the face of the card. Now, you probably know which side is the face. <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many people don't know which side is the face. They think mm. the, the side that doesn't have what the card is on it is the, the face. So they would write their name on the back of the card. Right. Well, so if I know that that's a common thing, instead of saying, just saying, write your name on the face of the card, I would say, write your name on this side of the card. And I would point to the face side when I'm the, from the deck that I'm holding and then they've got their card, then they know that's clear, right? Mm-hmm. But if I just go cover my eyes and say, write your name on the face of the card, chances are they'll do it correctly but sometimes they won't. And if they don't, then they're going to be embarrassed. And then there's, then there's some repair that has to be done. Yep. Um, (laughs) Another thing that I noticed, uh, like little kids, if I ask a little kid to do something at, at a, go to a restaurant and there's a little kid there and I come up and go, Hey, I'm the magician. They might kind of, just slightly with their body language pull in a little bit and get real small if i don't notice that and i push them that's gonna send them down into this little fear spiral 
So what I, what I do with BB, if I see that she gets scared, is I'll turn my shoulder to her and take off all pressure. Um, you understand what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Sure, pressure, sure, right? absolutely. So I take off all, all asking, all everything, and I give her a moment to kind of gather her, mm-hmm. her own self up, right? So if I see a little kid kind of get that <gasps> sort of, and it can be very subtle oh, sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be very subtle sometimes. Just a little turn of the head and closing their eyes a little bit. That's enough for me to know I pushed that kid a little too hard. Yep. And I can turn and just talk to the parent. And as soon as I'm talking to the parent, then the kid sees the parent's reaction to me and goes, oh, okay, she's okay. Yep. And mm-hmm. then I can, then I've won the kid over. And right. by the end of the, by the end of the time, the kid wants to give me a hug. So, yep. so, yep. so you want to make sure if you cause any discomfort at all, that you take all pressure off and then you do everything that you can do to repair the relationship. And that's the same with a horse and that's the same with the dogs. And it's just got about, a, we've got a couple taking responsibility. I mean, this is a, a phenomenal lesson just in interaction with anyone. I mean, mm, we yeah, were just having right. this conversation this morning about about reactions to a, to an ad. It was like, just how perfect. I mean, it's a great <laughs> opportunity to just, just fully look at, okay, how did I ask that question? How could it have been interpreted differently? And that's... Yep. Perfect example. Exactly. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Because we're never we're never gonna be able to say things perfectly every single time. Right, right. Wow. And and uh, you know, humans of course can go, Wow, this is what I heard. Is that what you meant? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can do that, but um little kids aren't gonna be able to do that. No. Right. And horses can't do that and dogs can't do that. And so when you get so, a difficult person in an audience, do you, I mean, do you ever get a difficult person anymore? You probably are able to, to suss out who's going to be a problem and not even ask them anything in the first place. But, yeah, how many but have, they've had. Ever, what, what, what's a horror story, Suzanne? Come on. What's... I actually love difficult people. Oh, boy. And that's one of the reasons that I won Close-Up Magician of the Year um, at the Magic Castle is because my skill set is working with difficult people. And um, in fact, I'll give you the link, um, or you might already have the link to the one show uh, um, that was filmed at the Magic Castle. Um, and if you don't have the link, I'll, I'll send it to you so you can okay. you can That'd post it in the comments. Awesome. But this you. this is a show that I put on my teaching DVD that I have permission from the um, the producer of the DVD to um, to give this link out. But this guy was would have been to other magicians um, considered a difficult perform a difficult audience participant because he was really 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 drunk. No, no. So so, um, I kind of had to be on my toes the whole time. The the trick is to look at how, um, uh, what is that word? Um, Improv works. Mm -hmm. Um, So you always want to do a yes and. 
Um, so anything that they say, you go, yes, and this. And mm -hmm. so you know where the, the path that the trick is going to take. You've got to get from A to B to C to D, right? Right. Um, and if you can relax around your script, I mean, I have a script that sounds exactly the same every single time with some minor differences. It depends upon what the, my audience says okay. back. But um, I want to approach it more like jazz than than uh, uh, a real strict script. Right. So I've got to hit the A mark is the beginning. I've got to hit the B mark, which might be a move, and the C mark, which might be a move, and the D mark, which is the the prestige, the, the mm -hmm. final part of the trick. Reveal, yeah. And whatever happens in between, I don't care. So I can do a yes and thing. And as long as I can do that and – and be kind, be respectful, and treat my audience participant as a prey animal, mm. then they're on my side and then and then they're not difficult. There's no mm. reason for me to like shut them down or insult them to get them to be quiet or something like that. There are whole books out there for magicians uh, with shutdown lines. Wow. So if a participant oh, says yeah. something, now shut them down right away. Well, I personally don't like that. You you miss you miss so much play then. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I look at all of this as play. Yeah, it's all relationship. It. Exactly. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. relationship. And magic is my vehicle to play with people. Mm -hmm. And if if I wanted to use my magic to show off or to show or to go one up on them and to show that I'm better than them because I know how to do it and they don't. Mm then I'm not going to approach my magic the way that I'm doing, but I'm doing it more like, like I'm a little kid at a playground and I, and I found the coolest toy ever. And I come up to other people and go, Oh, you want to play with this cool toy with me? Mm -hmm. So you were playing cool. together instead of me playing at somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Wow. And that's how you have to do it with horses too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's you, it's a Ed is a big animal. And and you're not gonna make it do anything that it doesn't want to do. No. It is that no. that, that becomes real clear real early on that they are just exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You better get that. You one get early. in a tug of war with a horse and <laughs> you you're are gonna, gonna be lose. dirt surfing. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. You're going to lose cuz that's a 1200 pound thing and I'm not. Yeah. Um and and the same goes for an audience participant. If you get in a tug of war with an audience participant, even if you fool them and beat them at the trick, and I'm using the word beat them at the trick intentionally because that's that's more like ha, I got gotcha. you. Mm -hmm. um, if you fool them and beat them at the trick, you still lose because you had to be a jerk to get there. Mm -hmm. So don't yeah. tug a war with your audience and, you know, you're going to have a much more fun time, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and so this is obviously part of your appeal and success, obviously, with, with the magic is your relationship to audiences. So, so what does it feel like when you're, 
when you're up there, when you're when, when you're in the zone. when you're in the zone, and 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 you're seeing this unfold and it's happening. I mean, that's a great. I don't. I don't know that I've ever been asked that. Okay, I think there are few times that I can get into flow. Have Have you guys ever read? Um, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's Mihai's book, uh, Flow. I don't think I've read that one, but the idea of being in flow is, is something I'm is familiar, familiar with. Right, exactly. And I think I think there are some really great uh, TED talks about mm-hmm. flow. Uh, artists and entertainers uh, um, tend to be in flow a lot. Mm. Um, and I find myself being in flow when I'm performing. Um, I have, it, this sounds a little woo woo and I don't mean it to, I think this is just how flow works though. Mm -hmm. I have found myself in the audience watching the show Mm. and then I can see, oh, my audience participant has this look on his face. So this is probably how he's feeling. And I can critique my own show while I'm doing it and wow. make little micro um, corrections. Really? Um, so I, re- I, I don't, I think that I'm not, I'm, I'm there fully there, but my performer self is the one in charge and I'm kind of watching the show unfold and um and you don't lose it by being in the audience at the same time because I I know what you're talking about there but so many times <laughs> it seems like when I've gone there and it's like you, you start feeling like okay seeing yourself from outside oh, yourself yeah. it's like I'll that's when I'll lose it or when I'll when something will skip or the lyric will disappear or the chord will be wrong, I, you know. You know, because I, I, I think because of what I think is happening, maybe for you, is it startling you? Maybe, maybe that's. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is a total moment. This is totally a moment of allow. So wow. you allow that okay. that it's not a split because you're there. Uh huh. But you've got to allow that to happen and relax around it and go, oh, man, that's really cool. And then you can stay in flow. But it's kind of like, wow, um, it's almost like lucid dreaming. So like if you're if you're trying to lucid dream and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm lucid dreaming. You'll jump right out of it and then then you're awake. But if you can recognize that little bit that oh oh yeah i'm lucid dreaming then you can be in it mm-hmm. so i think it's sort of like that a little bit that totally i love makes that sense. description that really makes sense and that's... it's not too woo woo for our show no no it's perfect no, no. that's that's <laughs> that's an excellent degree of woo woo I, I, I like that degree <laughs> And we can go further. I don't think that there's anything magic about it. I think it's just a state of a uh, state that that performers will get in periodically. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes even when I'm writing, every once in a while, I sort of. I mean, I'm not performing for anyone, but there's I can tell there's a part of me that's actually doing the typing, and then there's another part of me that's sort of 
watching and feeling things come out and how does it feel? You know, is it right? Is it there? And like, if I can hit that space, I know I'm not going to have to edit much because I'm going to nail it. Like, yeah. it's just a whole yeah. different space to come from. Whereas other spaces, I'm like, okay, I know I can get this, but I'm working hard to find the right words, to find the ideas, and it's going to take a lot of editing later. And That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's just a, it's like it's like the sweet spot. Yep. 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 Okay. Exactly. And then, and then when the show is over and everybody files out of the room and then I kind of come back together, I can go, "Oh, that was a great show." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the awesome yeah. part? I love that yeah. feeling. It's like, "Oh, man." And and yeah, then when they feels- get it too, you know, yeah. it wasn't just you. You hear the shared. responses. Yep. They got it. They felt it. It's they, I mean, yeah. that's, that is magic. I think that's, that's, I love that feeling. Well, and that's, pro- that's yeah. probably answering the next question is what, what do you like most about being a magician and what keeps you going? That, that sounds like possibly along those lines or those moments or is it something those moments and and connecting with people i'm i'm really very much an introvert but i have an extroverted side and um so when i'm able to perform and which i haven't been able to perform since march because of you know the the world is being attacked by zombies right now Mm. um (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) right so uh (laughs) so i haven't actually been able to go out to work and i i really do miss it because i miss this interaction with people i miss being able to to connect and and i've i've tried a few zoom shows and they're okay it's just it's not the same and um if somebody asked me to do a Zoom show, I'd go, yeah, sure, I'll do a Zoom show. But it doesn't give me the same mm-hmm. feel, mm-hmm. you know. There's, there's something about being in somebody else's energetic space. Yep. Yeah. Um, Very much. There's, well, there's something about that that you miss over Zoom. Well, and so much of what you do, if I understand from the videos and stuff I've seen on your website, actually do involve the audience participating in like choose the card or choose the you know that kind of stuff so i imagine that you can't really do that on zoom yeah you you can like if i have two cameras so i have a camera for the whole stage and then i've got a camera for the table i could spread out a deck of cards and kind of have my fingers going across and say, you just tell me where to stop. That's the card. Okay. I'll put my finger down and push it out. That's the one you want. So I'm not doing anything. You can change if you want to change. So there are ways to do it, but it's, it seems futzy and one step removed. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then you're doing the magic for the trick which is what I got way away from. The magic mm. isn't the trick. The magic right. is the connection. Mm-hmm. And, and I, just ha- I just haven't figured out how to connect over Zoom. And I just keep hoping somebody's going to come up with a <laughs> vaccine so we can just get back to normal. Yeah. Um, 
or, or, or at least little bits here and there and yeah. smaller I, things and i heard know. that there's a, a starting to get to be a, a quick test that they're working on that you can do at home and if i can just do a test every single day then i can feel good about going out right mm -hmm. and right. Um, yeah. wow well we are oh. getting close to the end of our time today so i which i i don't feel like but, the conversation's but, over, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, we, we do fast. have a time to honor. Um, so oh. I do want to make sure though that audiences can connect with you so that when you are doing gigs or I understand you are doing a little teaching and stuff as well, if they're interested yep. in that, uh, what, what's the best way to go about connecting with you? Um, you can go to my website, um, www.suzmagic.com, and then uh, my email is on there, uh, Suzanne at suzmagic.com. So you can contact me there. Um, I've got a, a couple teaching DVDs out there, and, um, and I do some uh, online workshops. Um, and uh, I'm also on the Facebook um if you look for the magic of suzanne that's my my uh, page there you can contact me through that um and my phone number's everywhere mm -hmm. um yeah and, we've got uh, your super we've well, got your uh website in the on the show page and we'll have it on okay. our website and stuff as well and we're so. and we're trying to you know i've got a, a kid's book and stuff i'm trying to to encourage kids at this time as well and so what what advice real quick uh, would you have to someone who was maybe wanting to become a music a magician um be kind um Remember that the magic is a way to connect. It's not about you being better than somebody else. Hmm. Um, and uh, don't take yourself too seriously. Awesome. And uh, be yourself as much as you can. I mean, I, I'm uh, um, my performance style is a is a bigger aspect of me. But um, yeah, don't don't okay. take yourself too seriously is the biggest one though. Well, that's wow. awesome. Thank that you is beautiful. Much, Thank you so much for being here with us today Thanks and sharing so your your horse sense with yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfect. Thank it's you. It is very much. Absolutely. So before we go, we want to share a couple of quick announcements with you, and remember that Rise and Shine Fan Club is waiting, and. We're going to have some other additions in there soon. So not only are there exclusive extended conversations available, we're going to be adding our travel adventures as well. Plus contributions by fans help keep us on the air and creating new shows. So be sure to contribute. So please visit riseandshineas1.com to learn how to do that. Also, if you or someone you know has a children's book, nonfiction, or memoir that they'd like the world to know about, have them visit our website. Uh, we are both award-winning authors who know what it's like to struggle to connect with readers, build credibility, and share our message. So we've been there, and we're offering some pretty cool opportunities for authors and musicians to get seen and heard. So details are available at riseandshineas1.com. So thank you again. 
for joining us and for being with us. And thank it's you, Suzanne. It's been amazing. Appreciate you thank being you. here. Yep. All right. So until next week. Well, remember, wherever you are, there's time for remembering to rise and shine. All right. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining.